Welcome to Woodlawn. We're glad that you're here. We want to welcome those who are worshiping with us online. We're glad to have you as well. And I want to start out today by just giving a little commercial for 21 Days of Prayer. I want to encourage you to participate in that. It's going to be in this room starting in the morning at 6 a.m. It'll be from 6 to 7, Monday through Friday, and then on Saturday it'll be at 9 a.m. Now let me tell you how we got this started. Years ago, we were living in the Auburn, Opelika area. Our daughter Elizabeth was going to college, but she was also going to church with us. When we moved away and came down here, she started going to Church of the Highlands. We used to go visit her up there. We learned a lot about Church of the Highlands. We got involved with it. One of the things that happened was we started doing the Grow Conference. That's every July, and we started sending people from here there because that was beneficial. The other thing that happened was that we also got involved in 21 Days of Prayer. They do this, Church of the Highlands does it, August and in January, twice a year. So our staff did it. It was such a blessing to us. We said, we want to open it up to the whole church and let them do it. And so now we've done that and people participate in it. And if you try it, you'll like it. It's a blessing. Now you say, well, it's six o'clock in the morning. I don't like to get up early. Just stay up real late. It'll work out for you, really. Come on in, it'll be great. Just run on in. Listen, every time you come, you'll be glad you did. You see people pulling into the parking lot in the morning. The sun hadn't even come up yet a lot of times. And you see them going in to worship. And you'll feel better, I promise you, when it's over because you did it. So I just want to encourage you, just try it. Just come once. Come in the morning. Get a big nap this afternoon. Get ready. Take your vitamins. Get up in the morning. Drive in and try it. It's really good. It's a, there's a video. There's a speaker every morning. There's music we sing together. We have little books. We have guided prayer. And it, the, the hour just flies by. It really does. It, the way they do it is really good. And so I want to encourage you to participate in that, okay? And everybody said? Amen. All right. Well, good. Okay. Now, for those of you who haven't been here, because we have new people every day, even though most of our people are watching online every Sunday, there's somebody here for the first time. Did you know that? Yeah, there are. And so here's what I want to do. I want to do a quick review of what we're talking about, because as you know, if you were here, August is disgruntled month, right? People are disgruntled. Now, nobody told me this. I learned this from observing people, not just church people, all people during the month of August. Here's why. Because it's really hot outside. And because they're ticked off because they had to leave their vacation and come back and go to work. Or they had to go back to school. And it's not football season yet. And you're just kind of in limbo. And people are upset about it. Really, trust me. I know the, I know what I'm talking about. Don't I look like I know what I'm talking about? So I try to encourage you during the month of August. I started doing this years ago to try to find something positive and good. And, and what's our theme for the month of August? It's this. And that is that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus has come and it's made all the difference in the world. Because before, your relationship with God was not what it was going to be once Jesus came along. And he gave you the opportunity to approach the Father, to go directly to the throne, to talk to him, to be saved, to walk and have a relationship with him. Listen, that makes all the difference. And before he came, the Jewish people, of course, are the chosen people of God. But listen, the Gentile people were kind of left out in a lot of ways, okay? And Jesus said, I didn't just come for the Jewish people. I came for everybody. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm so glad he came for me. Go ahead and tell them that right now. <clears throat>
and that he came for you? Because really, we Gentiles, if we're not Jewish, we Gentiles would have been left out in that regard. Now, also, during this month, I wanted to just mention my brother, Mark, sent me a picture this morning. He's on a men's retreat on the Cumberland Plateau in Bersheba Springs, Tennessee. Bersheba Springs is located on the mountain where Laura grew up. And from that vantage point there in Bersheba Springs, there's a Methodist camp, and he's there for a men's retreat. And you can look off down into the valley, and that's in the direction of where I grew up. It's kind of in between, halfway in between. And that's where Laura's dad was saved at Vesper Point years and years and years ago. My brother said in 30 minutes, we're going to Vesper Point. He was, he was really excited to be there. I said, I bet it's a lot cooler up there than it is here. He said, this morning it was 64. So if you're miserable and hot in August, this is just an added bonus. Go to the Cumberland Plateau. There's a lot of things to do up there. I don't have time to tell you all about them right now. I'm busy. I'm working on something else. But if you're interested, there's a lot of neat places to go, a lot of neat places to eat, a lot of natural beauty to see. Cumberland Plateau is a great place. I can tell you a lot about it, really. No kidding. For real. No charge. Okay. Well, one of the things he did, he sent me a picture. I wish I could have put it up this morning. I just got it this morning. But it's a picture from the vantage point there of Bersheba Springs. And, and when you look off down through there, you're looking at the valley. And in that valley is where Laura's mother, Dorothy, grew up. She was born and raised there, and she was, she's buried down there. And the Collins River runs through there. And so our daughter Elizabeth and Catherine, when they were little, Laura's mother Dorothy lived with us, and she, they were close to her. And when she died, you know, they, they were really hurt by that because that she was living right there with us. And so Elizabeth, when she had her first child, she named her Collins because of the Collins River. See, you thought it was the movie The Blind Side. I don't have time to go into that right now, but that was an original thing. The Collins River, I can tell you all about that too, but we're going to move on. Now, here's the point. Standing from that vantage point, you're up in the, and you can look down and see, uh, it's a great view looking off from up there into the valley. And one of the things we're going to talk about today is temptation and how the devil, Satan, tried to tempt Jesus, and he would take him to high places and show him what could be his, okay? And we're going to look at those three temptations today. Now, have you ever noticed that when you're tempted to do something, it's always from the perspective of something that will benefit you? It's always something selfish that will be for your benefit. At least it looks like it'll be for your benefit. It really won't, but it appears that way. You're never tempted to do something selfless, are you? You may be called to do that. You may be inclined to do that. You may feel nudged by the Holy Spirit to do that. But you're not tempted to do something selfless. And so temptation is always to try to get us to do something for ourselves. And where the more successful we are in overcoming temptation, the more we move from selfishness to selflessness, which is what Jesus did. That's who he was. He was never selfish. He was selfless. And he says, I want you to be like me. I want you to be selfless. I want you to focus on others. Now, here's the reason. Self-interest not only hurts you, but it can hurt other people. Let me ask you, the people that you know that are selfish, they're not happy people, are they? Because if they're just totally self-consumed and, and focused on themselves, they're never going to get everything they want that they think will make them happy. Jesus comes along and he says, not only will you hurt yourself, but you may lose yourself as well. 
And that's what he talks about today. Throughout this series, we're going to come back to this theme that Jesus came with something brand new. Okay? It was an Old Testament covenant between God and the children of Israel. But now Jesus says, I've come with a new covenant. I'm going to start a new kingdom. But it's not going to be the kind of kingdom you're thinking of. It's going to be a kingdom that is established in your heart and mine. I've come to give my life so that you might know me and so that you might surrender to me and give your life to me. And then what would happen through that is something called the church would be born. It would come about. And from the beginning, those whose fortunes were tied to the old way of doing things, they didn't like it. Now, let me ask you this. How many of you really honestly like change? Everybody here, nobody likes change because you get in a routine and you get what you want and you're settled in your ways, right? I'm that way. We don't like change. If you go to a church and you say, we're going to change things. No, don't do that, right? In Tennessee, the motto is, we ain't never done it that way before. You might not say that here, but you might say that there because it's new, it's different. It's, but sometimes... What if God does something new? What if he says, I'm going to move away from doing something old, I'm going to do something new, then what are we going to do? And so the people who were in power in that day, they didn't like this whole idea of Jesus just turning the kingdom upside down because they were sitting at the, at the controls. They were in charge, and they didn't understand it. They couldn't control it. They didn't like it. It's kind of like us leaving the Methodist church. 